G'day humans, what's good work? Chris Funder here with Fruity as Alex for another edition of Wrestling All Style. This time talking Fallout Down Under for Alex's choice of the international pick this month. Uh, where did you go and why did you choose it? Uh, I gave you a choice, didn't I? I gave you a choice of like pick a number between 1 and 12 or something and you just picked 12. So, so here we are, WrestleMania 12. <laughs> Yeah, it's a uh, uh, quite different. Yeah, it's um before all the massive pageantry involved, um a very infamous WrestleMania for the well the main event alone. But there's other stuff on here that's very, very topical and noteworthy to talk about. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. So this is. World Wrestling Federation, WrestleMania XII. <laughs> yeah, um, bring bring back the Roman numerals, even though it'd look really silly now. It'd be like like this year would have been XXXVII. <laughs> ah, well done, sir. Yeah, off the top of my head, I think that was right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. It's spot on. But um yeah, taking place. March 31st, 1996, from Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim in California. Yeah, uh, also the site of, in two years' time, the infamous Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. Oh, I was about to ask you, is this arena famous for any other big wrestling moments? So, wow, there you go. And ironically... uh, one Mick Foley is backstage at this WrestleMania as his first night as part of the WWF. Oh, so is this just after he's left ECW? Oh, no, because yeah. he was... So he was in WCW. They did some working agreement with Heyman for ECW. Then he got uh... fired or quit WCW and then returned to ECW, did some stuff in Japan as well, and then comes to WWF, uh, the and he debuts the Raw after WrestleMania 12. Ah, there you go. But what I was going to say before, so rudely interrupted by my co-host. <laughs> as always. <laughs> as always, mate. <laughs> um, oh, is it? He has the uh, WCW tag team titles at the time. And he spits on it. Yeah. Who's he facing? I can't. That... Oh, it was Sabu. That's right. And yeah. Before tonight, this WCW championship meant a lot to me. <laughs> but not anymore. Because tonight, Caster's Jack lost three other titles that were most important to him. Like, most dangerous or something. And then it's like, worst smell or something else. And it's just like, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you said something like Dr. Kevorkian's favorite slur. Um, just some real weird, awesome McFoley stuff. But yeah, yeah. So we are on the cusp of the McFoley era in the WWF, which oh. means we're really on the cusp of attitude almost. 
but we are still got a whole lot of junk to get rid of before we get some attitude. <laughs> Would the junk happen to be somebody who no-showed this, even though they were on the poster? I wouldn't refer to him as junk, but... The junk uh, man. Yeah. uh, His referencing Razor Ramon is on the poster, but is not on this card. Um, I guess is now the time to talk about it? (laughs) Uh, We can get there afterwards if you like. Yeah, we'll get there later. Okay. Um, So... Were you watching at the time? Well, yes, I was watching wrestling in 1996, but no, I wasn't watching 1996 WWF or any current wrestling at the time. I was just watching my old VHS collection. (laughs) We just, we couldn't get WWF in australia at that point in time from my memory i didn't see it anywhere like occasionally my mum used to work overseas occasionally and she'd come home with some like vhs tapes from more modern stuff at the time so i had a little bit of an inkling of what was going on my mum would come home and bring home all these wrestling magazines and figures and vhs tapes So I'd be fully caught up on what's going on, but I never really watched it. Ah, fair enough then. Um, Now, do you happen to know much of the build-up going into this WrestleMania? Uh, A little bit, yeah. um, Most of the build-up is around Brett and Sean, obviously, the Iron Man match, like... We get to see like some snippets of the awesome training stuff that they filmed in the lead up to that. Um, Undertaker and Diesel was a big hot thing on TV at the time. We saw some video package stuff about that as well, like Undertaker dragging Diesel underneath the ring and Diesel opening a casket and there's like a wax statue of Diesel in the casket, just some classic Undertaker shenanigans. Uh, Goldust um, being rather provocative towards Roddy Piper. Yeah, I suppose you'd put it that way by today's standards. Yeah, um, just trying to be as PC as possible. Um, And Roddy Piper not very PC in the lead up to this. Um, We'll tell you that there was some things that I'm not sure will make it to Peacock. Yeah, I suppose that's that's another thing we haven't really touched on. Our network's basically unedited, uh, except for what music, really. Yeah, and the occasional swear words and uh, stuff with "He who shall not be named," but. Other than that, good luck, Peacock, because what was it they edited the other day and everyone was up in arms about? Uh, there's so many things. I can't think of uh, just one of one. them. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they've edited stuff that I think, like, in hindsight, was really distasteful anyway. Like, 
your boy X Park, uh, him dressing up as Mark Henry. Yeah, that had to go. <laughs> that had to go. Um, like Roddy Piper once again. Oh uh, rest- gosh, yeah, I know that clip. Yeah, um, some other stuff too. Um, I think it's mainly just racially insensitive stuff that I've heard that got that got edited, but there might be more. Yeah, well, I suppose good on. Ah, oh, man. So, that being said, are you ready for WrestleMania in the shadows of Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, hell of an idea. Um, yeah, this was this was a really interesting uh, go back to watch because it's just a period of WWE that. Uh, we haven't really gone back and had a look at yet, so this was good. Yeah, at, le- at least not properly. Um, no. Did you catch the free-for-all match with your boys on there, the Godwins? No, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know where to watch that on the network, the free-for-alls. Yeah, that's that's a good point, because anything like 97, I suppose, is heat. And when did Heat finish? Oh seven, oh eight. So anything yeah. after that is um, kickoff. Yeah. So Heat was ninety eight. So yeah. yeah, like yeah, everything before that was called the free for all. I wish they added more free for all stuff uh, on the network because honestly, I would love to just go back and watch a one-hour show of, like, um, Todd Pettengill, like, trying to do the last-minute sales pitch for WrestleMania and stuff like that, get all your advertisements from the time of, like, the merchandise they have. And uh, it's SummerSlam 1996, I believe, where the free-for-all match is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Yokozuna. And I really want to watch that match. Uh, what'd you say, SummerSlam or Survivor Series? SummerSlam 1996. Okay, I'll bring that up for you in just a moment. But um, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. for all Stone Cold and Yokozuna. Yeah, minute 52, as expected. But what I've seen of that match is they did a gimmick where. Well, as we saw in WrestleMania 12, I had no re- recollection of this. Yokozuna had turned babyface. I had n- I had absolutely no idea that Yokozuna had a babyface run. That's really? The ent- yeah, like I, I thought had- that's where you got the inspiration for uh, using him as a uh, too thick on Fugs from. No, the whole reason I made him a babyface on Fugs is because I thought he never had a babyface run. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, I'll do something different with him. Um, but yeah, okay, he had a baby face run. But I do recall the whole gimmick with him versus Stone Cold was the commentators kept talking about how much fatter Yokozuna had gotten. So Yoko goes up to do the bonsai drop and he does his little bounce and the ropes snap. And then Austin just rolls him up. 
I know I shouldn't, but um, let's have a look and see if this is available whilst we're on air. WWF three or Ma Slam ninety six. Anyway, I don't think it'll come up with a. Uh... There you are. That's oh. right up. Half hour free for all. There we go. I might have a watch of that later. I might just watch that five minute video. That's probably just the match by itself. It's like a minute fifty match, so there you go. Recommendation there by Alex to go and watch. Yeah, it's just a really creative finish, although I don't like the kind of mean spirited nature behind the finish. Like basically just shaming Yokozuna for his weight. But, oh gosh! Um, but that's pretty much the second last Yokozuna match in the WWF. I was going to ask, um, when did Yoko pass away? In the year two thousand, ninety nine or two thousand, like late ninety nine or early two thousand, from my recollection. And but he, um, stopped wrestling at that point. Oh, uh, he was wrestling on the Indies, but he was released by the WWF. By the end of 96. Yeah. Uh, even to the point that he was rumored to come into WCW and be a member of the NWO. And Kevin Nash and Scott Hall have spoken openly about it that they wanted him in, but the State Athletic Commission wanted him to lose weight and he refused to. Oh. Yeah, which is sad because, like, that might have been, like, that version of Yokozuna I booked in my head on, on like, Freddy's Ultimate Game Show. Just, like, no gimmick, just straight-up tough Samoan dude. Yeah, I suppose it'd be sort of like uh, what uh, Ming was over there. But yeah, exactly. NWO. Yeah, exactly. So that would have been cool, but what could have been? Yeah. We should probably talk about WrestleMania 12 again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got sidetracked with free for all, and then oh, what happened on this great free for all, and where can I find it? So yeah, there you go. Yeah, we got sidetracked, and it all started because of the bloody body donors defeating the Godwins. Yeah, you leave Skip and Zip alone. Skips. Like, one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time, Chris Candido. So good. And Zip? Uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard uh, of the Heavenly Donners. Uh, oh, not the Heavenly Donners, the Heavenly Bodies, of course. Yeah, <laughs> got my tag teams mixed up there. The former it's tag the... team partner of Gigolo Jimmy, Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great man. He is, he is. Uh, surprise no one drafted him. <laughs> well, to no one's surprise, he had never held a title. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so Bonnie Donner's Skip and Zip with manager Sonny defeat the Godwins, Henry O. Godwin, Phineas I. Godwin with Hillbilly Jim as their manager. Oh, it's Babyface Godwins, the best Godwins. They <laughs> cut, 
coming out to that song. Ain't no messing with the country boy, country boy, the country boy. Ain't no messing with the country boy. Ain't no messing with the country boy. I don't know. I only remembered that part of the lyrics, so I just said it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> now, this went five minutes and was for the vacant WWF Tag Team Championships. Oh, I didn't know that. Do you know who the champions were at the time who vacated? Uh, no idea. Um, so was the Smoking Guns who vacated due to Billy Gunn suffering a neck injury? Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, man. You couldn't put it on anyone else? Oh, well, I suppose if you didn't want to put it on the, uh, the Fonny Donners or the Godwins, your second round choices were Steve Austin and Savio Vega or Owen Hart and British Bulldog. Oh, that's right. I have seen some of the roars that this took place on. It was like Razor and Savio and then Razor quote-unquote, disappears. Um, and then Stone Cold and Savio. So they put Stone Cold and Savio together as like the old uh, odd couple thing. So in the, the first round, Bonnie dies defeat Bushwhackers. Razor, Ramon, and uh, Savio Vega defeat one two three Kid and Tatanka. Owen Hart and British Bulldog defeat Hakishi and Barry Horowitz. That should have been your champs right there. <laughs> okay, we can get there in a moment. And the Godwins defeated the New Rockers. Oh, another potential tag championship winning team got knocked out in the first round. What are you so, thinking, Vince? So who were the New Rockers? Was one well, of them Marty Jannetty? One of them was Marty Jannetty. The other was a young up-and-comer named Leaf Cassidy. Uh, if you have no idea who that is, uh, let me help you figure it out. What does everyone want? What does everybody need? Ed. <laughs> yeah, wow. so the, the future Al Snow. Al Snow. Yeah. Um, what did you say his name was? Leaf Cassidy? Yep. The future uncle to Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> Why is there so many people with the same last name in wrestling, damn it, that aren't yeah. related? Yeah, old KC Cassidy for the Sydney <laughs> wrestling fans out there. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, what about uh, Barry Horowitz and Hakishi? Do you know much of them? Yeah, Hakushi uh, had a... He had an incredible in-your-house match in 1995 against Bret Hart. He is also known as Jinsei Shinzaki, if I've pronounced that right. Um, who knows? Yeah, Jinsei Shinzaki, I think. And he had an incredible run in Japan. Such a super talented dude. It's just... It's the wrong time to be not American in the WWF. I'd argue today probably is still that time. <laughs> oh, Rhea Ripley might argue the other way. Let's ask Shinsuke Nakamura. That's true. That's true. Or um, Dayo Itami. Yeah. Akira Tozawa. <laughs> All right, I get your point. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, basically, same thing happened there. Just got given a stereotype gimmick and just drifted down the mid card. By this time, he'd turned a baby face and teaming with uh, infamous jobber of the time, Barry Horowitz. So they were just basically there to make Owen and Bulldog look good going up against the Godwins. Yeah. Uh, not that Owen and Bulldog needed much help looking good. Ah, oh, man. Um, on the other side of the bracket was Razor and Savio defeating one, two, three, kid and Tatanka. <laughs> wow, he's had a lot of different tag team partners going after gold, hasn't he? Oh, uh, Waltman. Yes. Yeah, this is uh just after the time he was he turned heel as the one, two, three, kid. Just <laughs> stupid. Yeah, uh, just finished a feud with Razor Ramon in a, oh, what was it, a crybaby match or something where the loser had, well, basically, Razor Ramon beat 123Kid and then put a giant diaper on him and fed him a giant baby bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh. Which was on one of those VHS tapes that mum brought back. From America, I specifically remember that actually. Um, oh man! Uh, as well as Undertaker versus Undertaker from SummerSlam '94, classic stuff. Um, yes, and for those unaware, who was the second Undertaker? Uh, Brian Lee. So he had a run in ECW, and he also had a run in the WWF as part of DOA as chains <laughs> not to be confused with two chains no not <laughs> oh, you would you would really need to go see uh optometrist <laughs> if you confused those two um yeah incredible um, um yeah so one two three kid had joined the million dollar corporation which also had a recently turned heel to tunker in it and yeah so i guess this is the remnants of that stable after ted dibiase had sort of moved on to bigger and better things yeah yeah i suppose um strange still to think of heel to tunker like, I always think of Tatanka on that big undefeated streak, challenging for, I think it's the IC title, comes up yep. short. And, yeah, it's always weird to think of him turning heel and joining Million Dollar Corporation. Yeah. I, I think people sort of forget throughout history that Tatanka was over as hell in, like, 92 to 94-ish. Yeah. Like, he was so over, man. Like, I... I I recall seeing tapes of it, and I was like, as a kid, thought it was the coolest, the way he sort of did his little hop around the ring. I thought his entrance music was sick. Um, Yeah, so turning him heels just, it's silly. It's very silly. I suppose, where was, speaking about corporations, where was Ted DiBiase at the time the corporate ministry was formed? He was over in the NWO, so corporate ministry was 1999. So, well, he was out of the NWO. I think 
had already left WCW at that point and is just doing his thing. Yeah, because he left WCW to work at a ministry, ironically enough, as a <laughs> minister. Yep, there you go. He was in a ministry at the time of the ministry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, any other sort of standout memories you have of this tournament being over Raw? Uh, it should have been Owen and Bulldog. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to argue could've, with that on paper. I could have, I could have argued like Stone Cold and Savio was an odd couple tag team champs. Yeah, possibly. Honestly, there's only two teams here that don't interest me as tag champs at this time or at any time, and it's the Body Donners and the Godwins. <laughs> Were the Godwins ever tag champs? Yeah, they had a run. They, I think they had a couple of runs. Oh, jeez. Because they had a heel run in 97 as tag champs, and I think they had a run as tag champs not long after this as well. Oh, yeah. Um, what about Owen and Bulldog? Did they ever get a chance as tag champs? Uh, yes, yes. I think they had two or three tag title reigns together, if you recall. The infamous debut of Dude Love happened where uh, Stone Cold needed a mystery, needed a tag partner, and out comes Dude Love. He debuts and helps Stone Cold beat Owen Hart and the British Bulldog for the tag titles, and we get the tag team of Stone Cold and Dude Love. Great times. Oh, 97. We're so close to it with what we're talking about, but 97 is like... <laughs> Hear so me much out different. Ninety-seven is like the best year in wrestling across the board. Uh, WCW yes. TV. WCW, yes. ECW. Like at this time, you got the rise of Rob Van Dam. You got Taz going nuts in the world title picture. Probably Dreamer and Raven at some point. Yeah, Dudley's. Yeah. Yeah, you got... Oh, this is like the rise of the Dudleys, too. So, like, the North American picture at this time, I'm, that's what I'm basing it on. Um, How was New Japan going at the time? Any idea? Well, this would be around, like, Masachono's sort of heyday, so it would be really good. <laughs> yeah, this is, like, Muto and stuff like that. Masawa's probably floating around there in Japan at this point. Kobashi is. So, yeah. off the top of my head, 97, we'd have uh, coming out of um, the wake of um, the fall of Giant Bubba's promotion, we've got New Japan and All Japan from the 70s. I don't think the first split has happened with All Japan yet. To no. uh, form Noah. No. no, I think Noah is like 2000. 2001? 2000. Yeah, around that time. So, like, that means at this point in time, you've got a super stacked talent card on both, like, New Japan and All Japan because they had enough talent to successfully, like, breed up three incredible promotions at one time. 
in 2001, and it was all these same people in 1997 too. Yeah, well, that's that might be something we might have to start doing for these international ones at the start, just see where the wrestling world was at the time. Yeah, so like 97 is the best year in wrestling, and we're just on the cusp of it. And you can see just on this card alone, like the people that are going to bring us there, they're just not in the right roles. Yeah, yeah, just not yeah. quite there yet. Yeah, um, you, you got Tony Lockett at full back here. <laughs> um, although I reckon he'd be pretty good at that. <laughs> move Fletcher up to full board, just start kicking a couple of long goals. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got Tony Libertore at Ruck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, someone yeah. will get that reference. Yeah, someone will get it. Uh, so yeah, should we start off with the, the matches we did watch? Yeah, my God, I am in a mood today. Tell me to shut up once in a while, all right? Uh, it's fun. <laughs> um, so first match was Bulldog, Owen, and Vader with Jim Cornette in their corner. Taking on Amir Johnson, um, Jake Roberts, and Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji in their corner. Stipulation being that if Yokozuna and his team win, Yokozuna gets five minutes with Jim Cornette. <laughs> so who wins? Uh, Jim Cornette's team? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you even need to make that stipulation? Oh, you're just get, giving the audience an idea of something that could happen and just being like, no, nah, you can't have it. Yeah, well, I suppose they did do it. Oh, What's the, uh, the Road Warriors match? I think it's AWA, where it's they got N- the scaffold match. NWA, Starcade 88, yeah. uh, nine, nine of the Skywalkers. God damn, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that match where it's sort of uh, implied that they're going to get their hands on Cornet, and at the end of the match they do. So I think you have seen it happen before, roughly, what, 10 years before? So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I suppose... This being a weird time period, this was uh, somewhat perplexing. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, so this is like Vader has just come into the company. This is his second match in the company. Uh, his first match was the Royal Rumble 96. He came in and he had, had an injury from Japan, so... So the next night on Raw, they had him take out Gorilla Monsoon and get suspended, quote-unquote. Was that Gorilla's last TV appearance? No, because... Oh, no, uh, because he's on later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is the night they bring Gorilla back. But they used uh, Gorilla getting taken out as a way to write Vader off of TV and also a way to bring Roddy Piper in. As the interim president. <laughs> and how'd that go? Well, it went to Hollywood and back, I guess. 
was he more of a, a Jack Tunney? Uh, I would say he was not an impartial Jack Tunney. <laughs> I would say he brought a lot of roars at the time to a screeching halt because Roddy Piper just can't help himself when he gets a microphone. He has to go on for like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, what's a submission match, uh, Brett? And um, oh, I can't think of the opponent, but like Piper's special guest referee. Oh, is it Brett and Backlund? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, WrestleMania 11. <laughs> oh, we could have been talking that. Oh, man, you had the choice, 1 to 12. <laughs> yeah, I still wish I chose 10. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good choice. <laughs> uh, what do you say? <laughs> yeah, we could have watched Crush. Uh, Cr- oh, Crush yeah. in a match against Randy Savage. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, speaking of Roddy Piper, this kicks off a start of a few clips throughout the night of the Hollywood backlot brawl. All right. So before you go any further, I see on Wikipedia they've given a time for this match as sixteen forty-seven. How do you give this a time? Uh, this could have been going on like technically this went on for like a couple of hours before they got to the arena (laughs) yeah I guess it's just in ring time I don't know yeah well I don't think they were inside the wrestling ring for 16 minutes there's no way (laughs) but Boy, wasn't this something ahead of its time, honestly. <laughs> like, this is the, oh. first, the first WrestleMania cinematic match. That is true. Can't ever take that away from uh, Roderick Toombs and uh, Dustin Runnels. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a couple of interesting things we need to touch on from this. There's a big um, car chase. Yeah. And he's driving a white Bronco. Uh, so, coincidentally, two weekends ago, uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast released an episode on WrestleMania 12. So just before recording this episode, I listened to that entire episode just before we finished, uh, started recording. Anyway, the original plan was to have Goldust versus Razor Ramon in this, and then have Roddy Piper versus OJ Simpson in a shoot fight. But OJ knocked it, knocked it back, obviously. (laughs) 96, who the hell is the booking committee at the time? Is it just Pritchard? Um, Russo's not there yet? Russo's in the company, but he's not booking yet. Uh, (laughs) This is like mainly... Cornette? This is Vince, this is Cornette, this is JR, this is Pritchard. (laughs) So they wanted to bring in OJ Simpson for a... Not just for a match, for a shoot fight. 
like, because and it was all Roddy Piper's idea. He wanted it. He's like, we'll bring him in. We'll tell him it's a match, and I'll just beat the crap out of him. <laughs> like they would like totally trick OJ Simpson into legitimately getting his ass kicked on pay per view. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. Uh... <laughs> I'm I'm not going to argue it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, what an idea. So the thing to try to... I suppose this is Vince Sour Grapes going, we're going to have this instead. Yeah, so what also happened at this time was Razor Ramon was uncomfortable with the... Uh, nature of the gold dust character and being uh, the subject of gold dust's man games um, and man games. Um, so Razor Ramon, quote unquote, Mr. Machismo, wasn't comfortable with his masculinity enough to be able to put up with this storyline of gold dust being in love with him, basically. So he said, no deal. And as the story goes, Vince said to him, no, that's fine. We'll find something else for you to do. The next day, Scott Hall gets a phone call. You've been suspended for 60 days due to a violation of the drug policy. How convenient. Mm. And that's how the story goes. Um, yeah, Scott Hall said it before. Kevin Nash has said it. So that's just that's basically the same side of the story, I guess. So who knows? But yeah, and he doesn't return until yeah, I think it's like a month after this, and he like has a couple of nothing matches, and then mainly just does dark matches, and then is off to WCW. See how that pans out for him. So who left first? Uh, they left at the same time, basically. Okay. They showed up in WCW at different times, though. Scott Hall showed up first, then Kevin Nash. Yeah, I wasn't sure if um Scott went first and then Nash or if the contracts were both up at the same time. Oh, they're both up at the same time because of the curtain call. Yeah, yeah, so that was their last night. Scott Hall talks about how whoever filmed that, because we've all seen that fan footage of the curtain call, like whoever filmed that, he's tried to contact that person multiple times because he believes in his heart of heart. He had the best match of his entire career that night at Madison Square Garden against Hungerhurst Helmsley, and... There's no footage of it, so he just wants to watch that match. <laughs> oh, so he's trying to reach out to the fan to get footage of that match. Yeah, so see if he has footage of that. <laughs> what was the missing match of uh, Brett's the other year with someone? And they... uh, Yeah. Um, can't think of his name, but he looks like Kenny Omega except the 80s. <laughs> um... Kenny Omega does look very 80s, but... um. JR was I, I mean, the prayers and the vitamins, brother. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but um, they were saying, oh, this guy's going to be the, the Tom next McGee. face of the... That's him. I was going to say Tom Pritchard. I'm like, no, that's not him. No. Um, they were saying he's going to be the future face of the company. Yeah. And then that sort of went nowhere. Then somebody unearthed this footage. So uh, you never know. It could happen. Yeah. I suppose could. to... Uh, to cross over to the world of sci-fi briefly, let's see. The weirdest Doctor Who episode that was returned that was wiped from the archives. There's a few, but the one that always comes to mind is 2000... I think it was like 2005 in a farm shed in New Zealand. Oh, right. There's just this footage seeing in the loft of a farm shed in New Zealand. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. So- could be out there. Yeah, it could be. But oh. back to WrestleMania 12. If we Gold, must. <laughs> yeah, Goldust and Piper, we might as well just cover the whole thing. They make their way to the ring, and then Piper strips Goldust of his suit, and he's wearing lingerie, and that's basically the end of that. <laughs> yeah, so Piper wins. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> thoughts on that? Uh, it was what it was for the time. Yeah. Did you ever hear the rumours that Goldust actually went to Vince McMahon and said that he was considering getting breast implants for the Goldust character? Uh, I've heard the rumour from Dustin Rhodes's mouth himself. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's, he's uh, admitted to it. Yeah, he wanted to do it. Uh, you know, wrestling... Do- Used to come from the carnivals, from the circuses, from the bearded ladies and the strong men. So he wanted to be another freak attraction at the time. Would have fit right in, though, with the attitude era. It really would have. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing by today's standards, but yeah, it just it's one of those things you probably look at back along with a lot of... Uh, Vel Venus and Kantai and I suppose El Snow to a degree and go, yeah, we probably shouldn't have let our 10-year-old kids watch that. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. I'm still uh, traumatised over Pepper. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you've got Boss Man, don't you? Yeah. Boss Man. Yeah, the Boss Man. <laughs> Uh, I won't say much more, but um, yeah, so far in this, I suppose because of its time, it's still this weird 80s feeling WrestleMania, especially with the opening song. Yeah. No, and the, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. The, the way the staging and lighting's all set up, it's not really feeling that much like a WrestleMania yet. No, although I do love that tunnel that purple tunnel they use in this era. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, it, it's the only issue with it is it's very small. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not very grand. Grand. Yeah. yeah. I suppose they were using the old Paul Heyman approach. Exactly. Accentuate yeah. the positives. <laughs> exactly. Why bother on a flashy set when we have wrestlers who are over? Yeah. Unlike today. Yes. Um, 
Should we move on to the next match? Yes. Uh, Savio Vega versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's listed here with Ted DiBiase. Yeah, so what this made me realize is WWE history, uh, their way of retelling history makes you believe the ringmaster wins King of the Ring and becomes Stone Cold Steve Austin. When in actuality, about a month after the ringmaster debuted, just one random episode of Raw, he just starts coming out as Stone Cold Steve Austin. By about February, he debuts in January. So wow. the the ringmaster thing like barely happens. <laughs> there you go. I always thought it was until King of the Ring, and then like either before, like just before, like or just after he changed. Yeah, exactly. Like, he is wrestling as the ringmaster here at WrestleMania 12. He's still got that slow music. He's still doing pretty much Ted DiBiase's moveset and doing all that. But his Stone Cold Steve Austin, it's just this weird transitional period for him. Yeah, little did you know that this guy in the mid-card against... Stone Cold would be one of the biggest stars of our industry. Well, let's just think, like, next year, the next year, it's Brett versus Austin. Oh, that's a good match, too. Like, one of the best, and I will probably be talking about that in a future podcast we do. Um, Yeah, and, like, this dude just comes out of nowhere. And this is what I'm talking about. This is Tony Lockett at fullback. This is Liber in Rock. Yeah. 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 I completely agree. Uh, this, is Shaqu- this is Shaquille O'Neal shooting free throws. Like, yeah, you've this got is, a star here. He's just in the wrong role. This is Michael Jordan playing golf. <laughs> this is Michael Jordan playing baseball. <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened too. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. This is Michael Jordan playing the Monsters for all my Space Jam fans <laughs> out there. <laughs> That's an awesome movie. How dare you besmirch it? No, nah, I love that movie so much. It's the best. <laughs> Only the second best movie with Bugs Bunny in it. I agree with that. Yep. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of a weird time for Austin. Um, yeah, looking back on this, it's just weird knowing where he'll go. It's really weird to look at th- just the card alone, right? Think about how misused everyone is on this particular card. Like, you've got Vader, a main eventer from a couple of years ago in WCW, like a year ago in WCW. And you've Japan. got, Yeah, and Japan. You've got Yokozuna, a former world champion main eventer. Jake Roberts, that's the guy that should be helping build up your young guys. You've got Owen Hart, Bulldog. And then you've got Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the future Triple H. 
You got. We'll talk about him more later. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin. You got Kevin Nash, who's about to like change the world over in WCW. You got Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, The Undertaker. Like, like the WWE would kill to have this roster today. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head how many people are this over, and it is Roman. Bianca. And I'd I'll, say Bailey's gone. I'd, I'd say there's no one more over than anyone. Uh, there's no one from today that is more over than every single person on this roster. Yeah, and that's every time we talk about a show from this era, like WCW, ECW, WWF, we always say everyone here was over. Look at freaking someone like an Al Snow in '97 and how over they are, and yeah, and even Disco in WCW and how over he was. And you look at yeah. today, and granted, the past year and a bit's been a bit different with um no crowds and limited crowd at Mania, um, but yeah, they there is not many people over, and that is not good. There's not many people on the current roster that are more over than Paul Bearer in 1996. You're not Just wrong. Saying it. Just saying it. Like, Paul Bearer's, like, legendary, man. Oh, yeah. So... Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Savio Vega. I thought this was a pretty solid match. Like, both guys are really technically solid at this point in time. This is before Austin has the neck injury, so this is when he can really go as a technical wrestler. Before, you know, then he gets the neck injury and he just resorts to punches and kicks, and he admits that. (laughs) But... Yeah, I thought these two had a really good 10-minute match. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of um, Savio Vega, but, yeah, it was a really good match and a different side of Stone Cold. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is, like, technical. Like, this is basically Dean Malenko, Stone Cold Steve (laughs) Austin here, because he's, like, doing the same thing. He's, like, he wants to be, like he said, before like he wants to be the ice man he wants to be the stone cold killer so he comes out with no expression on his face and he just walks in there and just does technical wrestling that's dean malenko's entire career <laughs> which by the way dean malenko in 1996 or it might have been 97 number one on the pwi 500 get out not even joking. That happened. Uh, uh, really? Dean Malenko. Hang on. Although, I suppose the uh, international listeners, listeners would have the same reaction every time we mention uh, Madison Eagles being number one. Yeah, oh, there exactly. you go. Dean Malenko, 97. Yeah, 97. So where would he have been in 97? ECW? Uh, WCW, he would ah. be. 
like cruiserweight champion. Maybe it might have been the same year he had a US title run as well. Oh, dude, look at this. Lex Luke is higher than Shinya Hashimoto and Jushin Liger in 97. <laughs> yeah. I love Luger, so I'm not going to say anything. Liger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at Luke, the... Luke the is crop- higher than Kenta Kabashi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so for those listening, 2011 Mass Needles, number one. Yeah. Ah, uh, that is, yeah. You look... Yeah, how crazy is that? That's like, because PWI <coughs> does a lot of that based on kayfabe, so based on win-loss records and, like, TV time and stuff like that. Pay-per-view positioning, that sort of thing, yeah. That's... Yes. I look at it and I go, oh, that's interesting. And then I remember that I go, oh, okay, sort of grain of salt. <laughs> it is yeah. interesting, but I suppose it's the one list that is still uh, kept in the same reality that the wrestling is presented in. Exactly. And that just shows you how much faith they had in old Dean Malenko in 97. They just kept throwing him out there. Here, go go have a banger of a match for us, Dean. Look at number two. <laughs> Masala. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, man. Um, wow. That is, yeah. Yeah, I'm shocked you didn't know that. That's like, yeah, that's um, <clears throat> one of the infamous ones. Like, probably the most talked about PWI 500 list. I remember the, uh, the list a few years back. Where was it? When they put... Oh, when they put Roman ahead of Okada in 2016. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah, people got dirty about that. <laughs> but I always read those lists and instantly remind myself, Kayfabe, brother. Yeah, don't work yourself to a shoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, where were we? Oh, yeah. Stone Cold, Dean Malenko, PWI 500. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I suppose um, this next match won't get anywhere on the 500. Hey, if you ask me, if, if we had a one minute and 30 second match on WrestleMania, I would have loved it. <laughs> like, it's good to do that occasionally. Um, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus before Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. Dude, this thing was ridiculous, this match. Like, before... Like, this is the Ultimate Warrior versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Hunter Hearst Helmsley comes out with this young blonde woman who... Oh, there's your Brock Lesnar reference, by the way. Uh, Sable comes out with him. And that's the first time we ever see Sable on WWF television. Yeah, and this is blue blood Hunter Hearst Helmsley, so he's got his little music. Yeah, pretty much. And you can see why he had his rebellious phase with Motorhead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give me some of that Motorhead. 
Yeah, he's just basically that white rich kid that got sick of being dragged along to all the operas with his uh, white rich parents, so he decided to start hanging out down the street in front of the video store and someone handed him a Motorhead CD and he's like, oh man, I think that's uh, pretty cool. Uh." (laughs) (laughs) He still speaks with the same cadence as when he was a rich person. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Um, I suppose this match is just weird, but the one thing I noticed was Warrior's entrance when he comes out, and it's How got the, cool. the light up sparklers in the like Warrior mask shape, and then he's run down to the ramp, and the camera cuts wide like an Okada shot, but it's up in the bleachers, and you see all the fireworks go off by the entrance way. Just incredible! Like, oh, yeah. Such a cool presentation, and they got the multicolored lights flashing on the ring. And this was at the time where they had uh, on the ring, whenever a wrestler would get in the ring, they'd have like different like shapes and patterns that would show up on the ring mat. So this time it was like the shape of Warriors face paint. Like if like when Bret Hart comes out, there's like little pink love hearts on there. And Sean comes out, there's all broken hearts and stuff like that. So, yeah, the presentation here was incredible. And just before Warrior comes out, though, Jerry Lawler was hilarious on commentary. Oh, <laughs> he just gosh. goes, he just goes, my sources have just told me, uh, told me earlier this week that, yeah, we haven't seen Warrior in however many years, but yeah. He's 400 pounds now, and he's bald. He's bald. (laughs) I remember hearing this. I'm like, what? No, he's not. And then I'm thinking to myself, wait, was Warrior a bit larger around the gut, and was he wearing a wig? He was, like, more shredded than he was in his initial run here. I know. Once he made his entrance, I'm like, oh, it's just King being King. Yeah. Yeah, it was just very funny. Um, probably since we just brought up commentary, this is probably the time where I should bring up Vince McMahon on commentary. Thoughts? <laughs> one, always... two, he... one, two, he got him. Oh, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, wow, what a maneuver. Yeah, it, it's going to be what it is for the product of the time. Um if you've seen the OSW boys uh, unbelievable supercut, <laughs> you understand what this commentary is at the time. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I love Vince on a on a um, near fall. Just one, two. He got him. He got him. It's all over. Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's got him here. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so. That's pretty much exactly how this match starts. <laughs> it's um Triple H. I can't believe I'm saying this. Pretty much starts the match with a pedigree on the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Vince McMahon's going nuts. Jerry Lawler's going nuts. He got him. He's got him. It's all over. <laughs> And then Warrior just stared straight back up. 
he no sold the pedigree. <laughs> it was. It's, it's so funny in hindsight. I suppose as a kid, you're going to be like, "Oh wow, the ultimate warrior! He's 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 powered up." Yeah. As an adult, when you're watching this, you're like, "What's going on there?" Yeah, and this is like before the curtain call. So, like, the infamous story is Triple H was the one that got punished for the curtain call because uh, Sean Waltman was injured. <laughs> Scott Hall and Kevin Nash left. So, who else is left from the click? Well, you're Brett. not going to. You're not going to suspend Shawn Michaels, who's the champion at the time. So, so they're just going to punish Hunt, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So this is even before he gets punished. <laughs> oh, bugger. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, dear God. I, I just, I like to picture this, like, just picture it as... Instead of Hunter Hearst Helmsley in there, just picture like 2001, like 2000 Triple H in this match instead. It's such a funny, funny thought. Oh, man. It is just so, so strange. But I suppose uh, once you get to the end of the match here, I can uh, reveal a, a theory that I have. Yeah, so then... Like, he just jumps straight up from the pedigree, shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle, gorilla press slam, splash, one, two, three, pins him whilst kneeling on Hunter Hearst Helmsley's chest. Mind you, (laughs) Ultimate Warrior looked like an absolute badass. He looked so cool here. But it's just ridiculous that this happened. So how far away are we from the curtain call? Like three months, maybe. Not even that. Like maybe two. Oh, wow. Um. So, in two to three months, where is the Ultimate Warrior? Still in the WWF, but he's released by. Um. By SummerSlam, he's gone. Because he started no-showing live events, house shows. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's a bit odd. Do you think this uh, result, they did have big plans for him going into the summer? Yeah, so Pritchard talked about this too. He said <laughs> they... um. The original plan was to use the Ultimate Warrior as an as an attraction, and basically as a way of the big four pay per views for the dastardly heels to finally get their comeuppance. So, like a Hunter like Hurstley, yeah. So, like the original plan, like he had a match at King of the Ring, I think it was against Jerry Lawler. So the Ultimate Warrior just comes in and just shuts up the really, like, chicken crap heels and just beats them quickly. Like your Jerry Lawler's, your Hunter Hearst Helmsley's. I would imagine, like, 
as sad as it sounds, like an Owen Hart would have been would have been another target for him. Like they never had like title plans for the Warrior, but he would just come in once every for each of those big four pay per views and just you know give some heel some karma, give a heel some karma, you know. Yeah. Yeah. In matches like what we saw at WrestleMania 12, like a minute at the most. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I suppose, the the old saying that uh, Triple H got buried here. Well, <laughs> is this where he decided that he was going to bring out his golden shovel from now on once the Warrior left? Yeah, this might be what just triggers Triple H into being like, yeah, all right. I'm not going to sell for you, brother. Like this, this could be the guy. This could be the moment that created like the 2003 Triple H title run of doom, uh... where he just beats like no one's more over than RVD. All right, I'll beat him. I'll beat him again. Oh well, at least Kane's really over at the moment. Oh, I'll beat him. And I'll accuse him as a necrophiliac. And then... Oh, no. No, we're not reviewing that show. <laughs> no. And, oh, Booker T, he's really over now. Oh, I'm going to make this a somewhat racist angle and then beat him. Ooh. You, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Like... <laughs> This is what started it. Thanks, Warrior. Yeah. Well, uh... Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the co-main event? Big Daddy called Diesel versus The Undertaker. Whoever's idea to do this... Uh, you know what? This wasn't a bad Diesel match. It wasn't great. <laughs> Was it a pittance? Oh, uh, no, I don't think he's given notice at this point either. Uh, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, this is interesting just because these are the two, like, tallest dudes in the company, I guess, and they'd sort of been kept apart from each other. They have a big man match. Taker wins. LOL. Pretty much, um... I did expect a lot more from Diesel, but I guess they just thought there was more in Undertaker. And by this stage, Undertaker's already been a world champ as well. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, next year, WrestleMania 13, Taker main events that WrestleMania and wins the world title. So they're on the build for Taker to get back into the world title picture. Yeah, and this would have been part of the streak at the time. Do yes. Do you know how many he would have been on off the top of your head? Yeah. All right, seven, eight, nine. He had 10 off, 11, so this is 5 and 0. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So do you know... <laughs> that was All very right. quick. Do you know the opponents he's defeated along the way then? Yeah, uh, Snooker, Jake Roberts, Giant Gonzalez, King Kong Bundy, and then Diesel. Yeah, you know which one of my matches is the favourite there? 
Uh, you, you're going to say Jar Gonzalez, but I reckon King Kong Bundy should be a close second. No, it's Bundy. Oh. Gonzalez is a joke answer, but it's actually Bundy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The Jake Roberts one is so interesting because he beats Jake Roberts by count out. He beats... No, he loses to... Well, Gonzalez via DQ because of Clariform, but he wins. Yeah, well, yeah, Gonzalez uses the chloroform, so Gonzalez got disqualified, but the but Taker just got beat up that entire match. <laughs> it's like, does this count as a streak? Sure. <laughs> it's technically a part of it, and technically is the best form of correctness. <laughs> Sure, why not? Uh, um, So, this is a short WrestleMania. Well, I suppose short (laughs) by what recent WrestleManias have become. Nine and a half hours. (laughs) Enjoy. Yeah. Thank God for two-day WrestleManias. Yeah. Uh, Um, I thought this was one of Diesel's better matches. Better Mania? Adamania, it's probably his second best Mania match. Probably his best one was the year before against Sean, and yeah. that's probably like Sean's worst Mania match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I could probably look through some of the lighter half of Sean's career and find a worse one. I will argue that Sean versus Vince is a Shawn Michaels top five match. Hmm. <laughs> I was thinking more Sean versus Taker in his retirement match. Oh, that's a piping hot take. I mean, emotion aside, yeah, it's okay. I suppose because that was back-to-back Sean matches. Yeah, that's the problem, was that the first one was so bloody good that... It was a bad idea to follow it up the next year because it's not going to live up to expectations no matter what. And then we got back-to-back Triple H matches. Yeah. And then we got... Was after that Roman and Roman nah. won? No, nah, after Triple H... Is it, Brock? It is... No, nah, it's Sam Punk. And that's the <sighs> last the last great Taker Mania match. Yeah, I think because Paul Bearer passed away in the lead up to that, I think yes. maybe if he hadn't, the result could have gone the other way that night. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think it was 50-50 punk, and then they were like, no, he's uh, changed plans, buddy. Yeah, well, especially when they changed the storyline to be like, Oh, Sam Punk's stolen the urn. Sam Punk's pouring Paul Bearer's ashes all over The Undertaker. Yeah, I think it sort of sealed where that story was going then. Oh, mm. uh, well. But, um, yeah. Good, good Taker match for early Taker streak. <laughs> no? No, I thought it was all right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Diesel looked so cool. Um, I love 
I love leather pants tassels. I think we need more leather pants with tassels in wrestling. More leather vests with tassels. Who was wearing this sort of thing at Mania this past weekend? Was uh, was Bianca Belair? Oh, she wore some serious tassels too. She wore tassels on her sunglasses. (laughs) You do you. But um, I (laughs) thought because at one of the takeovers, the lettering on her tights fell off. I thought, oh, no, the same thing's happening at Mania. And then it took me a moment to realise, oh, no, she's just got tassels this time. Yeah. Um, but I suppose back to the uh, 96 Mania. All right, let's talk about this event. match. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, man. Um, let's so... talk about the entrances first, because it's pretty iconic. <laughs> One of the entrances here. Yeah, so Sean comes out first, but it's Jose Lafario and King's talking up. Sean must have been chicken, not coming down to the ring, sending his uh, trainer to do the dirty work for him to forfeit. And like, like uh, Jose Lafario gets in the ring, points to the rafters, and it's the uh, the infamous Sean Michaels zip line down to the ringside area. Yeah. Wow, it's coming down. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, Vince is great during this. I suppose Um, he's so good because we saw the footage recently of him doing it himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so cool. That Yeah, he always said... They've always said all the wrestlers are bad. Like, yeah, Vince will never ask you to do anything he wouldn't do himself. (laughs) As his footage of him doing this... This vid- footage of like 70 plus year old Vince taking a bump at WrestleMania so Gronk could go do it. Yeah, Did that's what all that. When we saw it, because it was the Gronk one and all the wrestlers mm. are paying out Gronk and then they spliced in the um, Shawn Michaels entrance yeah. training. <laughs> yeah, just incredible. Um, man, this entrance is so cool. Uh, this is like iconic, like Shawn Michaels gear as well. That white gear, so cool. Like I've got a wrestling figure of Shawn in that white tights that sits right up the front of my collection. Just because I think it's just, yeah, it's peak Shawn Michaels of this era. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree as well. Um. What about the champion making his way to the ring? Oh, man, this is Brett in his absolute prime. The jacket, the gear, awesome. But not as fancy of an entrance here. <laughs> it's just no. straight up Brett's entrance, which is still cool. Um, one, he one, does... of the most, one of the most iconic theme songs of all time. Yeah. So good. He does see um, the... Kiss to the title and uh, yeah. then hands it over to the ref. He did that in all his big championship matches, didn't he? Yeah, he always did it. And I thought that was such a cool, t- cool oh. touch. It just shows how much that title means to Brett. I can't remember if somebody else from the world of wrestling has done it, but there's been cases of um, stuff like that from sport where they'll, um, oh, where they, um, like they'll kiss the trophy before it gets contested and stuff. Yeah. 
And then, of course, the um, the North American thing is like if you've won the um, the standard season, you don't touch that trophy until you win the the final. It's like yeah. a, a bad omen if any of the players touch that trophy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Funny, funny sporting uh, things, I guess. Yeah. Um, this, now this Iron Man match is actually the third in WWF history. Yes. <laughs> Do you know of the other two? Um, one of them was Brett versus Flair, wasn't it? Yeah, well done. That's not the one I thought you'd get. Uh, uh, do you was, know the second one before I bring it up? Uh, was it Brett and Owen? Well done. <laughs> yeah, so a WWF live event from January 9th, 1993 for the WWF Championship. Brett the Champ uh, versus Ric Flair to an hour. Uh, Brett retained 3-2 to two in Boston. Uh, oh, man, I would kill to see that. <laughs> what about... Bret Hart, the champion, versus Owen to an hour time limit for the championship. WWF live event, July 8th, 1994 in oh, New that's, Jersey. That's like peak King of Hearts Owen, too, with the long, slicked back hair. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Which went 3-2, Bret retained. Um, Have you seen the Bret Owen one before? No, I haven't. There is a video online of that. Oh, I'll be Googling tonight, but uh, maybe I won't once I'm finished discussing this Iron Man match because I might have a couple of hot takes. Ooh, very well. Uh, go ahead, sir. You can uh, lead the discussion. All right, yeah, I might as well just say it now. Iron Man matches, great concept. Every sporting match has a time limit. I get it. But the, one of the reasons I'm not that into sports anymore is because hmm, I'll just wait until the fourth quarter. I'll tune in then. I'll tune in for the, for the last third. Yeah, I'll just watch the last five minutes. I know how long it's going to go for. I'll tune in then. And that's the problem I have with an Iron Man match because nothing matters until the last five minutes. Um, okay, this one, yes. Exactly. I, in I, this one more so in particular. There was that, that Triple H and Rock one where it was like 37-37 by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Six five, yeah, that's just ridiculous. That's eleven pinfalls in that's, sixty minutes. That's uh one less than one every six minutes. Yeah, I mean more than one every six minutes. Exactly. Uh, but um, I'd say. For this one, yes, but it was the first one they're putting on TV and on pay-per-view, for that matter. Um, for some of the recent ones, sort of. For some of the others, sort of not. It all depends on uh, what company you're watching, what 
storyline they're telling at the time. There have been some blowouts, I think. Yeah, and I would do more blowouts if you were going to do this more often. Um, Make it realistic, man. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't argue against that. I'd say a blowout would be better than what we got with NXT. Oh, yeah, that thing's gross. Two versus oh, two versus one versus one. To be fair, the one before that was is like one of the worst Iron Man matches of all time. Ziggler the, versus Rollins, Extreme Rules. Yeah, I don't even remember that one. I forgot that's, about... That's the one where the crowd, every time... Because they kept the clock up the entire match. And I'd done and, the Royal Rumble thing. Yeah, from like, you know, like 30 minutes and uh, like 29 minutes and five seconds. So then they'd start doing that. Every minute they'd do the five-second countdown. Oh, so when they took the clock down, they turned on the match chanting, put the clock back, put the clock back. Yeah, and then the idiots put the clock back. And the clock got a bigger pop than any of the pinfalls. I remember that now. Yeah. Oh, we should watch that. <laughs> well, Do that you remember... Do you remember the Charlotte versus Sasha Raw Women's Championship on woman match? Oh, yeah, that was bad too. I like the takeover one with Sasha where it did come down to her trying to reach the ropes for the rope break and, like, Bailey's um, got her in the submission and, like, she ends up winning that last pinfall. Yeah. Like, because she's facing away from the stage too, so she wouldn't know how much time's left. Yeah. Um, But back to this Iron Man match, you know, this is an iconic match. It's ingrained... Forever in WrestleMania history. Not for me. <gasps> really? I, I think it's one of those matches you can only watch once, and that's the first time you see it. And the first time you see it, it's incredible. But <laughs> it's a drag to watch after that. Oh, okay. That's my piping hot take. I I don't think it is a... I don't even think it's a top 10 Mania match. Ooh, ho, ho, ho. wow. Yeah. That is, that is a hot take. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. Especially because of the finish. I think the finish is so just unnecessary. Yeah, so go see... Uh... Goes to one hour time length here, um, but it's a draw, nil nil, and we go into sudden death overtime. Yes. What did you think of the match before the overtime? I thought it was a really well paced, like for a one hour match, it it didn't drag too much. It definitely dragged for me, hence my displeasure for it, but. They did a good job at keeping going and all that sort of stuff. But this is like peak prick Shawn Michaels, swearing at cameramen, swearing at people in the crowd, 
getting frustrated and stuff like that as well. It's really tough to watch. Um, yeah, the first hour was fine. I think the the concept of the finish drove me nuts because they never even mentioned it beforehand. Yeah. Like, in the build-up to this, like, what happens if it's nil all at the end or if it's a tie? They constantly said, if there's no winner at the end of the hour, it's a draw. <laughs> you can't just change the rules on the fly. The rules. Yeah. 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 So Brett got screwed again, or for the first time, I guess, by Sean. And yeah, but I loved this overtime period. There was just this sense of like rushing and urgency that was so great for this final like minute and a half. I thought was incredible. Yeah, I suppose it's very much like when you're a kid growing up and mum calls you in for dinner and it's just like, right, next girl wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, next point wins. <laughs> so you both just go, right, I'm just going to try all my trick shots here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we finished this match. Shawn Michaels hits the sweet chin music. He gets the win. And we get the immortal, the boyhood dream has come true. And we also get the immortal... Uh, Shawn Michaels telling Brett to get out of the effing ring. Diva. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was WrestleMania 12. Thoughts? Um, I enjoyed it. I, this isn't one I've gone back and watched a lot, but the Piper gold dust stuff, I don't enjoy watching that. No, <laughs> it's it's not only because of what Goldust was doing at the time, but you throw in a um, OJ reference in there, and not subtly, but over your head. And this is before Attitude Era. Like this is a white Bronco that they had blood smeared all all the way down the door handle too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, like I said, I don't think the main event is anywhere near as good as anyone says it is. I think it is horridly overrated. Do I think it's a bad match? Hell no. Ooh. I I do not think it's a bad match. I just do not think it's top 10 mania. No way. It's... It is on the lower end of WrestleMania main events for me. I just, and it's just purely for the fact of it's, you have to brace yourself to watch it. You can't just like, oh yeah, I've got a few friends over, let's go watch the Iron Man match. No, you have to be in the right mood to do it. You have to be in this sort of zone, whatever. But, Watch Brock Lesnar from versus Goldberg from WrestleMania 33. You can watch that in five minutes and have the time of your life with friends, by yourself, whatever. Yep, I'm saying it. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, Mania 33. Better than the Iron Man match. 
Wow. <laughs> Did not expect that from you. <laughs> Piping hot takes here today. Um, I do I do not even think it's the best Brett versus Sean match. Oh, there you go. So I've just looked it up. Uh, there is fan footage of uh, Bret Hart and Ric Flair. That's incredible. Rick, it would have been all Ric Flair's idea to go 60 minutes, too. He would have loved it. Wasn't he the uh, the Iron 60... Man of the NWA? Yeah. He he used to just go from territory to territory as the NWA world champ and just do 60-minute time limit draws as champ because then, oh, yeah, they'll pay money to come see me because their baby face contender got so close to being the champ, time ran out on him. So we'll do a no time limit return match next month. Smart booking. Yeah, it's just all smart. It's just to bring the fans back. And every single time, Flair wins. (laughs) When they come back. (laughs) With a little cheated move. With like a little low blow or an eye rake or something. Oh, he would have won if if Ric Flair didn't cheat. Well, come back next month. It's no disqualifications. They come back the next month Ric Flair brings out the horseman To help him win He would have won If it wasn't for the horseman I'll come back next month They're in a cage Just classic It's war games (laughs) Oh man Um, So uh, How many beers are you giving this one? I'll give it a solid four yeah, that's that's why I was thinking too. Four. Yeah, like I I just love looking at this like mid nineties time period. It's like weirdly colourful to go back and look at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree as well. Uh... Oh, we also glossed over the fact we got the backstage debut of Mark Mero. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. He quickly gets beat up by Triple H. Anyway, got to get your heat back, brother. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I've, I think we're both going to agree on match of the night, though. Even though I kind of put it through the ringer, there is not a better match on this card than the Iron Man match. I disagree. All right, I could see an argument for one of them. I am choosing... The Hollywood backlot. Bro- no, I'm choosing the Iron Man match, you idiot. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, Ultimate Warrior versus Triple H is legitimately like... Comedy match? It's just... Year. it's. I really enjoy watching it. I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was great. I was entertained. I was hooked from start to finish. And isn't that the point? <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is. Ah, yeah. but it's getting a bit late, so I'll let Alex choose. Do you want to watch Yokozuna Stone Cold Steve Austin on air, or do we wrap things up? I think oh, I would love to, but I've literally got to start cooking dinner shortly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Saved by the bell. Yeah. So, Sa- I... Oh, man. Let's do a watch along soon. Just like of a match. Yeah. Yeah, of just a match. Another time. Let's do it. 
There you go. Once all the WrestleMania craziness dies down, let's do a watch long. Yep. Oh, Something of that, absolutely ridiculous. Your choice. <laughs> oh, to make up for my outside the ring that we did the Hall of Fame instead. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'll Pick... think. Wait, how long's the time limit going to be? Like 30 minutes. Okay. Champa v. Gargano 7. I think that's like 47 minutes. Yeah, that's definitely a 40-minute match. Yeah, no. I'll, I'll think of something off air yeah. there. Yeah, better, you're better off to sit back and think about it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I think I have a match in mind. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can find it, and I'll uh, shoot it through to you as soon as I can. Yeah, that, that can be a new series we do. Ooh, yeah. That does sound good. Yeah, there we go. We're working on the fly, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just go out there, call it in the ring, and then yeah. uh, when it's time to go home, you you do your finisher, I'll do my finisher, and the fans will go home happy. <laughs> yeah, well, well, speaking of which, I think Eliza's doing the old timekeeper's trick of tapping the pencil or whatever they used to do back in the day. She wants me to go home, so... Uh, where can so, good humans find you? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, this was a really fun episode, by the way. Uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter, at FruityIsAlex. Tweet all you hate at me for burying the Iron Man match. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. And you can find my lovely co-host, Chris, at... I was Chris Funder. Uh, <laughs> I will say he is at I am Chris Thunder. <laughs> Gotta have some fun. But I am not Chris Thunder. I should have changed my handle to that. <laughs> um, yes, and you can go back, listen to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, weekly wrestling rap available weekly on YouTube and the RSS feed to add to your podcast of choice, including Apple Music. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Well, uh, I've got this idea for a finish, uh, Jim. Uh, it's called the pedigree. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I will get straight back up and I will slam you. Well, uh, I don't know about. Oh. Okay, okay. Sean, Sean, big mean man. Sean, help. <laughs>